a mind invited to play. The value of play in our lives can't be overstated. Studies from the animal kingdom reveal that play is so crucial to the development of key cognitive skills it may even play a role in a species' survival. Bob Fagan, a researcher who spent 15 years studying the behavior of grizzly bears, discovered bears who played the most tended to survive the longest. When asked why, he said, in a world continuously presenting unique challenges and ambiguity, play prepares these bears for a changing planet. Yak Punksep concluded something similar in Effective Neuroscience, The Foundations of Human and Animal Emotions, where he wrote, One thing is certain, during play, animals are especially prone to behave in flexible and creative ways. Yet of all animal species, Stuart Brown writes, humans are the biggest players of all. We are built to play and built through play. When we play, we are engaged in the purest expression of our humanity, the truest expression of our individuality. Is it any wonder that often the times we feel most alive, those that make up our best memories, are moments of play? Play expands our minds in ways that allow us to explore to germinate new ideas or see old ideas in a new light. It makes us more inquisitive, more attuned to novelty, more engaged. Play is fundamental to living the way of the essentialist because it fuels exploration in at least three specific ways. First, play broadens the range of options available to us. It helps us to see possibilities we otherwise wouldn't have seen and make connections we would otherwise not have made. It opens our minds and broadens our perspective. It helps us challenge old assumptions and makes us more receptive to untested ideas. It gives us permission to expand our own stream of consciousness and come up with new stories. Or as Albert Einstein once said, when I examine myself and my methods of thought, I come to the conclusion that the gift of fantasy has meant more to me than my talent for absorbing positive knowledge. Second. Play is an antidote to stress, and this is key because stress, in addition to being an enemy of productivity, can actually shut down the creative, inquisitive, exploratory parts of our brain. You know how it feels. You're stressed about work and suddenly everything starts going wrong. You can't find your keys, you bump into things more easily, you forget the critical report on the kitchen table. Recent findings suggest this is because stress increases the activity in the part of the brain that monitors emotions the amygdala, while reducing the activity in the part responsible for cognitive function, the hippocampus. The result being, simply, that we really can't think clearly. I have seen play reverse these effects in my own children. When they are stressed and things feel out of control, I have them draw. When they do, the change is almost immediate. The stress melts away and their ability to explore is regained. Third, as Edward M. Hallowell, a psychiatrist who specializes in brain science, explains, play has a positive effect on the executive function of the brain. The brain's executive functions, he writes, include planning, prioritizing, scheduling, anticipating, delegating, deciding, analyzing. In short, most of the skills any executive must master in order to excel in business. Play stimulates the parts of the brain involved in both careful, logical reasoning and carefree, unbound exploration. Given that, it should hardly be surprising that key breakthroughs in thinking 
have taken place in times of play. Hallowell writes, Columbus was at play when it dawned on him that the world was round. Newton was at play in his mind when he saw the apple tree and suddenly conceived of the force of gravity. Watson and Crick were playing with possible shapes of the DNA molecule when they stumbled upon the double helix. Shakespeare played with iambic pentameter his whole life. Mozart barely lived a waking moment when he was not at play. Einstein's thought experiments are brilliant examples of the mind invited to play. Of work and play. Some innovative companies are finally waking up to the essential value of play. The CEO of Twitter, Dick Costolo, promotes play through comedy. He instigated an improv class at the company. As a former stand-up comedian, he knows that improv forces people to stretch their minds and think more flexibly, unconventionally, and creatively. Other companies promote playfulness through their physical environments. IDEO conducts meetings inside a microbus. In the halls of Google, you're likely to stumble upon, in one example of many, a large dinosaur covered in pink flamingos. At Pixar Studios, artists' offices may be decorated like anything from an old-time western saloon to a wooden hut. The one that most amazed me when I visited was the one lined floor to ceiling with thousands of Star Wars figurines. A successful woman I knew at a publishing company kept an easy button from Staples on her desk. Anytime anyone left her office, they would enjoy the childish thrill of slamming their palm down on the big red button, causing a recorded voice to loudly announce to the entire office, that was easy. And another woman down the hall at the same company had a framed poster in her office of a children's book illustration to remind her of the joy of childhood reading. Desk toys, dinosaurs covered with flamingos, and offices full of action figures may seem like trivial diversions to some but the very point is that they can be the exact opposite. These efforts challenge the non-essentialist logic that play is trivial. Instead, they celebrate play as a vital driver of creativity and exploration. Play doesn't just help us to explore what is essential, it is essential, in and of itself. So how can we all introduce more play into our workplaces and our lives? In his book, Brown includes a primer to help readers reconnect with play. He suggests that readers mine their past for play memories. What did you do as a child that excited you? How can you recreate that today?